This is Animals Voice Podcast, presented by the Ontario SPCA, with 50 communities working together for animal welfare. We've got another great show for you on the way, so put your paws up, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Animals Voice Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin McKenzie. Excited to be standing for a broadcast. I've never stood and done an Animals Voice podcast before, so it's a first for me. We're at the educational conference that we have every year, and it's an awesome event, and we get to run into people. And I happened to run into Tammy McConomy and Jeannie LaRue, the co-founders of Beat the Heat Kenora. How are you today? Good. Very good. You are Tammy? Yes, I am. Okay, and you are Jeannie. Jeannie. Now, since you got in here this morning, you've been standing beside me saying, I'm emotional. I'm emotional. So I'm not going to put you on the spot right away, but I am interested to hear what inspired you guys to found Beat the Heat Kenora, and maybe you can tell us what Beat the Heat Kenora is. Tammy and I were uh, directors with the local rescue group at home. Um, I was a director for four years. Tammy was the super foster mom with 250 dogs going through her home. And we saw the time and effort and money that goes into fostering, adopting, all that process. And we attended a spay and neuter clinic that was uh, with vets that came up from southern Ontario. They came up to one of the reserves, to White Dog Reserve, and Tammy and I went as observers, and our minds were blown just to see, just to see the whole process. And, and the feelings of the different people of, and the, uh, the dogs, the condition of the dogs and the, just, there's, there's just so much involved with that. You're talking about an experience where on the First Nations Reserve at Whitefish Bay, there was a large removal yeah. of strays. Can you describe what that was like? What did you see there? <laughs> Jeannie and I being very close in the community and, and working with them for so long, we got to know a lot of the dogs and the stray dogs and we had little names for them, the arena dogs. We had our own little definitions. And so doing the feeding program, which was the first step in the process, um, we had people in the community feeding the dogs twice a day. So they would just put out troughs of food and all the dogs could come and eat. And from doing that, you would drive up in your truck and the dogs would know you were there and they'd all come running. So you'd see a herd of 24 dogs running down a hill to come and get food. They also do Tammy had pockets full wow. of cookies at all times. I always carry cookies. <laughs> well, now I'm excited about so. the podcast today. <laughs> Dog cookies. Dog yes. cookies. So we got very close with a lot of the dogs. So having them removed from the community. There we go. See with the tears. It's, we get so connected to the people. Yeah, it's, it's uh, very emotional. I think the emotion that you guys are showing right now about this uh, says volumes about the type of people uh, it takes to come together as a community and help out so many animals. If I'm remembering the stories properly, and I, d- I didn't have the opportunity to attend myself, it was over 70 dogs that in the end were removed from Whitefish Bay and then found new homes. And, and you guys played a big part in that. 75 dogs, it was yeah. a lot. <laughs> How does that make you feel? I mean, you know, some of these dogs, they would get in my truck and they'd drive around the community with me. And mm-hmm. we had our little names for them and they, they listened. They were social. They were friendly dogs. It was very, it was like giving up your family. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about, you just touched on something. Actually, I want to I wanna hear more information about. These are very unique stray dogs. 
and I don't know if it's because of the community that they were living in, but they're so friendly. They are, they're, they're used to people, yet in some cases they've never been in a house. They've never, you know, seen a DVD player or a lamp. They don't know not to chew the couch. So there's a different level of rehabilitation and I think preparation to get these dogs adoption ready. By and large though, they're very friendly and accepting of humans, weren't they? Very much so. A few months before the spay and neuter clinic, actually, the SPCA donated or had 8,000 pounds of dog food sent up to Whitefish Bay. And the dogs were fed. They were healthier. They weren't fighting for food. They weren't fighting with one another. They were used to human contact, which they had not had before, some of them. And all of this came together to make them a happier dog a happier community and much more adoptable when it was time to remove them and be adopted in homes. I want to talk to you about the genesis of Beat the Heat Kenora. What inspired you to found Beat the Heat Kenora? Kenora is on Lake of the Woods up near the Manitoba border. Um, we're fairly unique in the province in that within 100 kilometers of town there are 11 or 12 First Nations communities they're very underserviced. It's an underserviced situation, more dogs than they know what to do with, and they really need help up there. I want you to define underserviced for me. I mean, I want you to put it into terms so our listeners that aren't familiar with the communities in the north can relate to what you're describing. So in our town, there's one vet, and that's it. There is a local rescue. She only does fostering. So she's very limited on the number of dogs she can bring in at one time. I think the most she's ever had is 30 at once because she doesn't have foster homes for them. So you look at Whitefish Bay where they took out 75 dogs out of one community. Now you're looking at 12 communities who have the same amount of dogs or more. What do you do with them? So the nearest places, the next nearest shelter would be or Fort Francis. Yeah, which is two and a half hours or two hours away, mm-hmm. or two and a half hours to Manitoba, and there's nothing in between. So, so by underserviced, we mean there is no medical, or pardon me, veterinary care on the reserves. They don't have their own vets. They don't have their own medical team. They don't have anybody that comes to the reserves to help them. A lot of people in these communities drive, but a lot of people don't. And to go to town to get your dog spayed or neutered, some people need to get a ride. might cost them $50 by another community member to drive them in. To take their dogs in and have them spayed, say spayed, they have to be there for early in the morning. That means a night, a trip the night before, a hotel, a food, the spay itself, the taxi ride home. It, it's a really high cost. It's not like you and I just going to the vet dropping them off off at 8 o'clock, picking them up at 4. It's a real process and a very, very costly one for these people. What was the reaction within the First Nations community to what happened when the Ontario SPCA and and others visited, did that weekend, the removal of, of 75 dogs? After we left, I mean, you must have heard rumblings, you must have seen reaction from the community. Can you speak to that? You know, people used to walk around the community with golf clubs or baseball bats, something to protect themselves because they were scared of the dogs. The, the dogs were hungry. They'd see a person walking in and they'd all run to that person looking for food. So you often see people walking with, with something, some kind of protection. 
The dogs would congregate at the school, at the arena, at the health center, where they knew people were going to be constantly. Um, and when the dogs all left, everyone's like, oh, the dogs have gone, but the seagulls moved in. <laughs> so, <laughs> so now we have a seagull issue we've got to tackle. And it was. There was like hundreds of seagulls all over mm-hmm. the parking lot. But they did say they found it very quiet in the community. It, it was... It was kind of awkward for them at first to get their heads around the fact that there weren't all these dogs wandering around. And then it got sort of very peaceful for them. There was that sense that, you know. Yeah, the kids could go out and play and not have to worry. They could go walking or jogging, Mm -hmm. not worry about dogs following them, looking for something to eat. So it was was a different... uh, It was just a profound change for the reserve. Yeah. When you reference that within 100 kilometers of Kenora, there are 11 or 12 First Nations communities. Are the other communities, are they looking in and seeing what happened at Whitefish Bay and and kind of putting up their hands and saying, hey, uh, come visit here too? They are now. Yeah, I think that's just because they're no, they didn't know where to turn before. Everybody knew that they needed help. They knew they needed help, but they they didn't know who to start with. So now this process has been started, so everybody's saying, please help us. Not everybody so far, but it's getting there. I think uh, interesting things in the future for uh, for all of us, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. For sure. Very exciting and very satisfying, yeah. What's, uh, what's next for Beat the Heat, Kenora? What's the future hold? Lots. Um, as soon as we get back from conference, we're going on two more clinics with Linda Bolton's team to White Dog and Sabascon. We literally get off the plane, we have a day to ourselves, and then we're gone again for a week. Wow. So yeah. we're starting to work with Grassy Narrows, hoping to get in there and, and get something going. Because it's, if you've ever been in a northern community, you walk in and there's hundreds of dogs mm-hmm. roaming all over, and they're all hungry, and they're all skittish, scared. When you start feeding them, then they become social. They wanna, they're eager to please. They're very food-motivated, so they'd be easy to train. If there was one thing you'd like our listeners to know about dogs in northern communities, what is it? It's a different world. It's a different world on a northern community. I don't know, Tammy, what would the wording be? I don't know. The dog, my opinion, they're the best dogs ever. I, I have three of them. I could have more. <laughs> Some people talk me off the ledge. <laughs> if our listeners want to know more about Beat the Heat Kenora, what, where is there a website? Are you guys on social media? We are on Facebook, Beat the Heat Kenora. We haven't done the, face, uh, the website yet. We're working on that. On behalf of our listeners, on behalf of everyone at the Ontario SPCA, thank you for letting us be involved. Thank you for pulling things together, and we look forward to uh, more in the future and uh, visiting Whitefish Bay again. Yeah, you'll love it. Thanks thanks for joining me on Animals Voice Podcast as well. And thank you, the listeners of Animals Voice Podcast, for sharing our broadcast, for show ideas, for being in touch. You can find me on Twitter at OSPCA Kevin, or you can email me questions or show input at kmckenzie at ospca.on.ca. Until next time, we'll catch you later. Thank you for joining us for another edition of Animals Voice Podcast. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and at our website, ontariospca.ca. Animals Voice Podcast is a production of the Ontario SPCA. The Society would like to thank all our supporters. Together, we are the Animals Voice.